Today we're going to be on the 100th Psalm, if you want to find that in your Bible. We're going to get there in just a minute, but I want to start with a little story. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving today, and then next week we're going to kind of transition into Christmas stuff. But we uh, decorated early, so the decorations are all up for, for Christmas. But before we jump into thanks, uh, to Christmas season, let's talk about Thanksgiving just a little bit. I heard this story about a, a teacher, and she was trying to get her third grade students to think about being thankful. How, what are you thankful for? And so she had them all have a, they had a little assignment, and the assignment was write down four or five things that you're thankful for. And she was kind of walking through the, the students, and she came on this one little boy who had written down at the very top of his I'm thankful for list, he had I'm thankful for my glasses. And she was like, well, that's, that's cute and nice, and I wonder what that's about. And so she asked him. His name happened to be Joey, because Joes are smart. And uh, she said, Joey, what, what, why are you thankful for your glasses? And he said, well, two reasons. It keeps the girls from kissing me and the boys from hitting me. And that, that's uh, why I'm thankful. Now, we're talking about today Thanksgiving. And I don't know about you, but we had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we went to my mom's house. And around the Thanksgiving table, we always use those table times with our kids as learning opportunities. And when you're, when you're trying to teach your kids manners, manners are caught and taught. And by caught, I mean, you know, you, you model for them what you want them to do. And so if you eat spaghetti with your hands, then your kids are going to feel per permitted to eat spaghetti with their hands. And so you show them how to do it. And I don't know how you eat spaghetti, but, you know, some people use a spoon and they twirl it. Is that what we do in South Carolina? No. Um, I don't know what you do, but we don't do that in Kentucky either. But, but, you know, you cut it with your knife and you eat it and that kind of thing. And so with your napkin, you don't stick it in your, in your shirt. By the way, if you stick it in your shirt, that's wrong. So, so at our house, we, we would show them what to do. You put your napkin in your lap, and you don't put your elbows on the table, and you put your phones away. And, and this is what we do, and we look at each other when we talk, and that kind of thing. And so we wanted their, the, these manners to not just be taught, but also caught. But we also instructed, and we would say things like, pass the bread. And then they, when they tried to pick up a piece of bread, we'd say, no, no. Pass the plate of bread so I can pick it out with, with my own hands, not with your hands. And so there's stuff that's caught and taught. And today with Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about how, how things can be, can we, can we learn to be more thankful? Can we be taught to be more thankful? And, and we're not naturally thankful, frankly. I mean, you think about this, you've got, um, if you have kids... How many times in your life as a parent have you had to say, now what do you say? Your kid will get something and you'll have to say to them, what do you say? Because they're not just by nature thankful. And what we're hoping that they do is that they offer thanks to the person who has given them something. Well, in James it talks about this. Every good gift, every perfect present comes from heaven. It comes down from God. And I sort of wonder sometimes... If our Heavenly Father doesn't give us things and then sort of say to us, what do you say? Because if we're not careful, we live in a really busy world. You've got the next thing to go to. If you have kids, you have the next thing to take them to. Or they have another program. Or they have another practice. They have lots of things going on. Or if you're a business person, you have this task and then this task and then this task. Or Whatever it looks like for you, we're incredibly busy. And if we're not careful, 
we miss opportunities to be thankful because they're all over the place. We, we're like the little boy who went to a Christmas or a birthday party. Remember when birthday parties, you would take a gift? Remember that? You didn't expect anything? Now, when, when our kids go to birthday parties, you as the host of the birthday party have this, there's an expectation that you're going to give kiss, kid, uh, gifts to the kids who came. And so this little boy came home with a stash of stuff, and the mom said, well, how, how'd it go? Was the party fun? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Did you thank you know, Mrs. Wilson? And he said, well, no, I didn't, because the girl in front of me thanked Mrs. Wilson, and she said, don't mention it, and I didn't. And so a lot of times we kind of get this, uh, well, you know, we're thankful, but uh, we forget to say thank you. So, if for us as parents it's important for our kids to learn to say thank you, and, and it should be, I hope it is for you, and if it was important for your parents to teach you how to say thank you or when to say thank you or that you should say thank you, you should be grateful for things. If it's important for our kids and it was important to our parents that we learn this, then don't you suspect that our Heavenly Father looks at us and wants us, because he's the giver of all good things, he's the giver of every good gift, don't you suspect that he would want us to be appreciative of these things? I, I think the answer is yes. So if you have your Bibles, if you have you know, a hard copy like I do, or it's on your phone or your tablet, we're going to look at Psalm 100 today. It's one of these beautiful, I love Psalms, uh, they're, they're these little kind of poems, or they're poetically written, and and, and they have, they're just beautiful. They're, the way they're written often, I mean, not all of them, but most of them have this just kind of a beauty to them. And, and so the 100th Psalm reads like this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So let's talk, let's kind of break it down just a little bit. Let's talk about some truths of thankfulness. Number one, thankfulness is an encouragement to others. Why should I be thankful? Well, it encourages others to be thankful. Shout to joy for the Lord. Who's supposed to do it? All the earth. That's... As we say here in South Carolina, that's all y'all. Uh, we're all, so the plural, plural of y'all is all y'all. Uh, all y'all are supposed to be grateful. This is kind of how God wants it to be. And here's the funny thing about having a, an attitude of gratitude. It's really attractive because we live in a, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it is a hypercritical world that we live in. Everything is criti criticized. Facebook. I, I, you know, I, I get on Twitter and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at tweets and it's like, oh my word, they're, they're mad about this and I'm mad about that and I'm aggravated about this and I didn't get this and I don't like this. And it is really, it's depressing. And so when we are grateful, people gravitate to us because it is so uncommon. It, it is hardly anybody that's grateful anymore. In fact, there was a, a Peanuts cartoon one time. This is uh, Lucy and Linus. And Linus said to, to Lucy, why are you always so negative toward me? And she said, well, I just have a knack for seeing other people's faults. And I think a lot of us have a knack for seeing other people's... She, Lucy's not the only one. We have this knack for seeing 
other people's faults. I'm guilty. Look, my kids play sports. Who do you criticize when your kids play sports? Go ahead. The coach, the refs. Did you say that, Elise? Yes, thank you, yes. My daughter said the, the refs. Yes, that's correct. Now, we are really, really critical, right? Now, if you were in that position, I used to think to myself, I am so glad referees don't come to my church. I mean, I guess they didn't because if a ref came to your church and treated you the way you treat him while he's refereeing, I, I used to think about this. I would say something and he would go, that's not right. That's not proper exegesis. That's not what that text means. Uh, can you imagine that? Uh, yet, yet, yet these guys get paid, gals get paid for people basic, basically to complain about them. When I lived in Michigan, oh, what, we complained about the snow because there's always snow. Uh, have you, if you went Black Friday shopping, you would complain about there are 9 billion people in this store and three cashiers. I mean, there, there's something you can find to complain about. Here's what's interesting to me. There's sort of this pack mentality around complaining. If you're in a group of people complaining, or if you're in a group of uh, people and someone complains, it's sort of like, it's infectious. And I can find something to complain about as well. And so you complain, and then I complain, and then you complain. What's really interesting is, if, if, you'll, if you'll be intentional in being thankful, if we'll strategically be thankful, say something thankful. If you're in a pack of people, and, and they're complaining, but you say something positive, it sort of shuts that whole thing down. I'll give you an illustration. Uh, you go to a restaurant, and they don't get the order right. One of your friends, the order's wrong. And they'll say something like, can't believe these schmucks in here, they never get my order right. But you say something like, you know, variety is the spice of life. It's like a surprise party every time you get your food. Now see how that's turned that whole thing around? What, what about um, uh, this, the people with the snow? They used to, oh, my Michigan people. I can't believe you got so much snow. I would say to them, at least you don't have to mow your yard for nine months. So uh, there's a positive side to it. Yesterday in the Clemson-South Carolina football game, I know there was complaining about a few of the South Carolina people throwing bottles on the field. But you say, you say, it was their ministry to provide water for your students at Clemson. Uh, so you, you have to look at it the right way. It's all about finding the right thing to do. Now listen, <laughs> I don't think any of us like getting criticized. I know I don't. I suspect you don't. When we're really, really critical about stuff, we're, we're kind of saying to God, if I were in your shoes, I would do it differently than you're doing it. I, I would do it better than you. You're, you're not, God, you're not fulfilling my expectations of what you should be doing. That's what criticism kind of is. And really, God deserves better than that. He, he provides us with, with such beauty and, and he gives us so many great things and it in insurance parlance sometimes if something bad happens they'll call it an act of God a tree falls on your car or you know this traffic light falls while you're driving or you know something like that and they call it acts of God and it's always a negative acts of God are always a negative but what about the acts of God that aren't negative we went hiking because we like to hike, our family does. And so on Friday, we took our after Thanksgiving hike. And we went to a place we'd never been before. 
and um, it was near Lexington. It was interesting because we were in Kentucky, and and there was this there was this creek, and it had little waterfalls. And my girls, they took <laughs> a million pictures, and it was sort of towards sunset. And then the, we got back in the car to drive home, and the sunset. Uh, I mean, have you really studied the sunset? It, they're amazing, and it was purple and orange and pink, the clouds and and the sky, and then. It turned golden, and, and my, my oldest daughter said to me, man, God really put on a show for us today. And while we were hiking, we saw a deer, and we saw a turtle. They called him Turdy, which was stupid. And, uh, uh, but we had a good time, and there's this, everything about that was awesome. And God gives us these awesome experiences, and we just run past them. Being thankful is an encouragement to others to be thankful because they see us being thankful and, and maybe they start to notice some things to be thankful for as well. Shout to the Lord all the earth because God all over the place deserves to be thanked. The second thing about being thankful is that it creates joy in my life. It's a funny thing. Being thankful creates joy and joy creates thanksgiving. It's kind of how it works. In verse 2, it said, Worship the Lord with gladness, come before Him with joyful songs. It, it, it creates in us this, this joy. When we're thankful, we're, we're joy. And when I think about what God has done, He puts a smile on my face. Have you thought about what life would be like if you didn't have all those little, kind of little pleasures that God provides for us? Fast food. I mean, who doesn't love fast food? It's food, and it's fast. I mean, uh, that, that, that's awesome. And, and it's delicious. And you don't have to cook it. I mean, when's the last time you thanked God for fast food? Uh, good grief, it is incredible. And when you're traveling, you go places and you get fast food, and it's a great thing. What, what about the remote control? When is the last time you thank God for your remote control? Man, good grief. It's a gift from God. And then previous channel, I mean, oh my word, thank you Jesus. There are so many things to be thankful for. What about basketball? Yes, I mean, football, okay. And then, and then you get through football season because it's kind of boring. And then you get to basketball season. The, 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 the sport that God ordained. I, I mean, it is awesome. Um, there, there's a hoop. There's a ball, it bounces like it's supposed to. It's great, it's great, it's great. When's the last time you thanked God for laughter? We were in the house, I've got four daughters. Miriam and I would stand in the kitchen and just listen to them giggle. I mean, when's the last time you thank God that you're around people that giggle? It, it's See, worship fills our hearts. With Thanksgiving, have you ever gotten a gift and it was just such a great gift, you couldn't help being thankful for it? I mean, you got something, you'd wanted this thing, and all of a sudden you got it. I remember when I was, I don't know, 10 or 11, 12 years old, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I wanted, um, and this was back in the day when this was rare, by the way, but I wanted an English racer bike. Today, it's a, like a 10-speed, but, but back in, we called it an English racer. and kind of Nobody had them. We had those... Bikes with the banana seats and that kind of thing. But every once in a while, every cool kid had an English racer. And I got an English racer. I mean, it's, oh, 
Number one, it was awesome. Number two, nobody else had one. I, I thought it was great. Now, I'll give you a negative example. So, th there was a time where I got a gift where I should have been thankful, but I wasn't. Uh, it was my birthday. Miriam and I had just started dating. She bought me a rugby shirt. I don't play rugby. I, I don't want to play rugby. I don't know anybody that plays rugby. In Kentucky, we don't play rugby. I don't know about Switzerland, where my wife is from. They might play rugby. I don't play rugby. What I wanted was a sweatshirt. I sweat. Everybody I know sweats. We all sweat in Kentucky. I needed a sweatshirt. So Miriam gives me this gift of a rugby shirt. Nobody asked for no rugby shirt, but I got a rugby shirt. They got stripes like a bumblebee. I don't want that. So this was November. She got me a rugby shirt. The next day I took it back exchanged it for a sweatshirt. Is it any wonder? I'm thankful to be married, uh, honestly. It was a test. I asked her to marry me around Thanksgiving. That was two weeks later. Uh, because if she didn't like, get rid of me after that, she's a keeper. And, uh, and I knew it. But we, I think sometimes God gives us these things and we look at it like a rugby shirt. I want a rugby shirt? Well, maybe God knows you need a rugby shirt. Maybe God knows he, you need what he gives you. And so when we're more thankful, it just creates joy in our lives. Third thing, thankfulness keeps me grounded. We are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, it is interesting to me how often we are uh, Christians or followers of God are called sheep in, in Scripture. It's an interesting dynamic, honestly. If you've ever been around sheep, and I, one summer I had the opportunity to, there, there was a guy that had a farm near where I lived, and he had sheep. And I think once a year, maybe twice a year, I don't know how this works exactly, but they sheared the sheep. And my job wasn't to shear the sheep, I collected the wool from the sheared sheep, and I put it in a great, I mean a huge burlap sack. I mean, it's like 10 feet tall, really, really big. And so you'd climb up this ladder and stuff this, this wool in there. Now, the one thing I noticed about sheep is they don't follow directions very well. They kind of do their own thing. Um, one would say about sheep that they are high maintenance. They, they need constant supervision. They kind of need to be told where to go. That's why sheep dogs are kind of cool in, in, in England because they herd the sheep and they make them go the right direction. They need somebody to offer them direction. On their own, they wander away. They are high maintenance. And I wonder if God doesn't choose to use this analogy for people, us, his followers, because maybe God considers us high maintenance as well. I, I kind of think maybe he does. I don't think the sheep probably consider themselves high maintenance. When they're having like their sheep dinner, I don't think they talk to each other and say, hey, uh, you're kind of high maintenance. And, and the other one goes, well, no, I'm, I just don't think they think of themselves as high maintenance, but they kind of are high maintenance. And I think we're kind of high maintenance. And, and when I'm thankful, it, it reminds me of the goodness of God, that I'm, I'm not a self-made man, I'm a God-made man. He's the one that gives me these things. I heard about this little five-year-old. He was scolded by his dad, and he didn't like it very much. So he grabbed his piggy bank, and he headed for the door. 
And his dad said, well, where are you going? And the kid said, I'm running away from home. And the dad <laughs> tried to be logical, and he said, well, why don't you get hungry? And the boy said, well, I'll come home and get something to eat. Well, what if you run out of money? Well, then I'll come home and get some more money. Well, what if your clothes get dirty? Well, I'll come home and mommy will wash them. The, kid looked, uh, the dad looked at his wife and said, he's not running away, he's going to college. Uh, that's what they do when they go to college. When I thank God for all he's done for me, it reminds me that my life is a gift. So, so I get up in the morning, and, and I, I look at the things that God has given me. I mean, a roof over your head, food in the cupboard, you got a little money in the bank, you got a car that runs, you got a car that starts. When's the last time you thank God for your car starting? Because it doesn't always start. There are days when it doesn't start. You know when you notice your car not starting? When it doesn't start. Last Sunday after church, I went out to my car. I had a nail in my tire. You know how often you get a nail in your tire? Around here a lot. But it's uh, kind of one of those things. Now, I, don't, I, have, I have honestly never thanked God that I didn't get a nail in my tire until I, didn't have a nail, until I had a nail in my tire. And I'm like, well, God, thank you for giving me enough money to buy a new tire. I mean, we take for granted so many things that work to our advantage. Our, our bodies. Have you ever had something that aches? Man, when you have something that aches, your attention is drawn to it. I don't know that I've ever thanked God for teeth that work. But I like teeth working, don't you? Thanksgiving was awesome because our teeth work. That's good stuff. I'm glad the piping works. I mean, I'm glad stuff works. I'm glad I don't hurt every time I walk. Some people hurt every time they walk. Some people can't walk. I'm thankful. We, we have to start thinking about what God has done for us. Fourthly, thankfulness gives us hope for the future. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. He's worked for us in the past, and we have every hope and every confidence that He'll continue working for us in the future. A lot of times, stress in our lives is simply because we've forgotten who's in charge. I don't, God doesn't work for me, I work for Him. He's in control, He has the stress all on Him. I shouldn't have any of the stress on me. And, and truthfully, God has gotten me and gotten you this far. He'll, he'll, he'll finish the task. Look at what it says in Philippians. I am sure that God who began a good work within you will continue the work until it's finally finished. He's going to see it to completion. He's going to finish what he started. So truth of the matter is, we have lots of reasons to be thankful. You have them, I have them, we have lots of reasons to be thankful. So, what do we need to do to cultivate a thankful heart? I kind of told you you should. Okay, well maybe we should. Maybe I've convinced you I should have more thankful heart. Okay, great. Let's talk about how to do it. Number one, ask God for a thankful heart. Here's what I think we should all pray. Lord, help me be more thankful. Help me notice things for which I should be thankful. Help me to see the stuff that's happening all around me that I take for granted and I miss because I'm not more thankful. In Colossians it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. 
the, the Bible instructs us often to be thankful. I mean, maybe the prayer needs to be, Lord, plant a seed of thankfulness deep in my spirit so that when I see things, maybe help me notice things for which I should be more thankful. Which leads me to the second thing. Think thankfully. In Colossians 4, 1, it says, Devote yourself in prayer, uh, to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. I need to look for the things that I should be thankful for. Make it a pattern in your life. We're, we're about to go into Christmas. And, and you're going to have opportunities to be thankful around Christmas time. You, you really, you, you just are. So, if we start to develop a, a habit of noticing things for which we can be thankful and to be offering thanks right away, I think that's the, the best strategy I've ever found to cultivate a thankful heart is when I see it, I thank God for it. Here's what happens when you get my age. When you see something that you need to do and you put it off, you forget it. It, it happens all the time. This morning I thought, I need to, there's my wallet, I need to put that in my pocket. But I didn't put it in my pocket right away. You want to know why? Because I'm stupid. That's why. I mean, I really just should have done it. I should have done it right then. So I walk off. I'm heading out the door. And then I remember, oh, I didn't get my wallet. Well, I should have done it. When you're thinking about it, that's the time to do it. When I notice something to be thankful for, just thank God for it right away. It, it, it becomes a pattern in your life. The light is green. You thank God. The light is green. You didn't have to stop. That's something to be thankful for. You know what I'm thankful for? I drove 300 and something miles from here to Kentucky and back. I am thankful that every time I travel, it's not like that. Thanksgiving travel, it was, it was, in, it was really, really easy. But there were a couple of crazy people. But really, no more than normal. I, I'm very thankful for that. that. That's a good, good thing. Um, I woke up in a nice, warm bed today thankful for a nice warm bed and clean sheets. I'm thankful. You know what's really, really awesome? Hot water. Who doesn't love them a hot shower? I mean, have you ever been in the shower? Now listen, gentlemen, ladies. I'm the dad of four daughters. I have, I have had showers without hot water before. You know where all the hot water went? To all of them, right? All they, they all had hot water. You know who paid for all that hot water? Me. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. They all had hot water. I needed a shower. I had the opportunity to go um, Little House on the Prairie and uh, have a, a, a coolish shower. All right. Hot water is something to be thankful for. You had a good, ever had a good cup of coffee? Mm, thank you, Jesus. I mean, there's nothing like a good cup of coffee. Anybody ever had a good cup of sweet tea? Mmm. You know God invented that. That has to be from God. A good, good cup of sweet tea, good glass of sweet tea. I mean, there's just nothing like it. There's stuff that happens all the time. Medicine. I don't like to take medicine, but when I have to take medicine, you know what I'm really thankful for? That it works. That somebody was sharp enough to figure out how to make that stuff where it works. There, there are so, so, so many things to be thankful for. And wouldn't it be really, really cool if you were the person known for how thankful you are, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a neat thing in, in your circle of friends or in your family, if you were the guy who, or gal who 
Everybody said, you know what? They are so thankful. They always thank me. They're always thankful for stuff. They, they are just, they, they think, thankfully, they're fun to be around. See, when I think thankfully, here, when I catch myself toward criticism, here's what we do in the South. We all know this. We'll say, you know, we catch ourselves because we're, we're, we're smart people. We'll say, you know, um, Junior married her and she's ugly as dirt. Bless his heart. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Now, we do that because we know we just said something we shouldn't have said, right? She, she's ugly. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Look at her hair. Bless her heart. Did she do that with a lawnmower? Bless her heart. You know, we, that's the kind of stuff we say. So, when, when we do the bless her heart, you've caught yourself being critical. And, and so we, we know what to do. All right, so we're going to think thankfully. We're going to ask God to cultivate in our heart just kind of thankfulness. And thirdly, we're going to practice it. All right, right now, I think on your outline, there's a, a line in there that says something I'm thankful for. I'm going to give you 10 seconds right now to write down something or at least think about something you're thankful for right now. 10 seconds, which will seem like an eternity. We, st we thank God for good stuff. In Philippians it says, I thank God every time I remember you. We thank God for relationships. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my mom. I'm thankful for my in-laws. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my friends. We thank God for relationships. We just came through a series about one of, one of the topics was relationships, building relationships or, or reinvigorating relationships. And I think I told you I... I made some texts to some people I hadn't talked to in a while, and I, I kind of reconnected with people. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad to have many, who could have too many friends? So we thank God for the good stuff. We, we can also thank God for the not-so-good stuff, like, like troubles. You know what? Trouble sometimes helps you grow. Look, look what it says in, in 1 Thessalonians. Be joyful always, pray at all times, be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. This is what God wants for your life, for you and your life in union with Christ. And so I'm going through some difficulty, perhaps, and I say to God, Lord, I don't like this, but I want to learn from it. Help me learn from it. One of my favorite stories is about a, a Scottish minister named Alexander White. He had this way, he would pray at his church, and every, he kind of became known as the, the fellow who always prayed positive prayers. What a great reputation. But this one particular Sunday, it was horrible. The weather was horrible. It's one of those days in Scotland, they say, where it was raining, but it should have been snowing. So the, it was you know, 33 degrees, and, and the wind was blowing, and it was rainy, and, and it was just cold and miserable. And, and there was sort of this rumbling in the church about, you know, what's he going to find to be thankful for today? I mean, if there was ever a day he's not going to be thankful, it's today. And Pastor White stands up, and this is what he says. We thank you, O oh Lord, that every day is not like today. Sometimes you have to go through some difficulty to be appreciative of the times you don't have difficulty. Sometimes you go through some stuff, some hardship, to remind you 
of what it's like to not go through hardship, to be thankful for, for when you're not going through struggles. And we can be thankful for our limitations. Helen Keller was blind and deaf from her early years. She was not born blind and deaf, but early on in her life, I think in her first couple years of life, she had some sort of a sickness that caused her to be blind and deaf. And you may have seen the movie The Miracle Worker, and it's a great movie, and, and it's sort of the, the life of Helen Keller and, and her, um, her teacher, Ann Sullivan, and Ann Sullivan helps her understand how to talk and, and how to sign and, and those kinds of things. But Helen Keller writes this. She said, I've often thought that it would be a, a blessing if each human being were stricken blind and deaf for a few days at some time early in adult life. The darkness would make him more appreciative of sight, and the silence would teach him the joy of sound. Much of the New Testament was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was brilliant. I mean, you just look at what he wrote. He, he was brilliant. And yet, he talks about in 2 Corinthians, he has something he calls a thorn in the flesh. Nobody exactly knows what it was. Some people believe it was headaches. Some people believe it was eyesight. His eyesight was bad. Um, there were times that are recorded where he, it's believed he had malaria, so it could have been, been complications from recovering from that. But he has this thorn, whatever, he, whatever the thorn in the flesh was, this affliction that he has. And, and in 2 Corinthians 12, he says this, and this is from the message translation. I like this translation. So I wouldn't get a big head. I was given the gift of a handicap. What an interesting turn of phrase. See, he had this God-given ability to reach people, and he was great at it. And with that sort of blessing, has, there's a potential of pride. And so he, he, he calls this, and I like the way the message translation translates it, uh, I was given by God this gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. And then he says this. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Not everything we consider bad is bad. Not everything we consider as a problem is really a problem. Perhaps God is allowing these things in our lives for our own benefit. One last thing. If you are a follower of Christ and if you've accepted his free offer of salvation, then we as Christ followers need to be thankful for salvation. Let, let me end with a, a quick story. If, um, if you were to win $300 million in the lottery and you were to come to me and say, hey, I won $300 million in the lottery and I I like you a whole lot, Pastor, and I love the way you preach, and I'm going to give you a gift of $25 million. I would be appreciative. If anybody wants to make that happen, let's make it happen. Okay, oh, you do it. Now, would you have an expectation of how I would respond to you? Because if I did, if, it was, if the roles were reversed, if I gave you $25 million, I'll tell you what my expectations would be. Every birthday, I should get a card from you. Every Christmas, I should get a card from you. If we are at a party, I would expect you to introduce me to all your friends as the guy who gave me $25 million. 
I'd expect that because you owe me. If you were to come into the restaurant where I'm eating, I would expect you to pick up the check. You got $25 million of my money. You ought to be thankful. Now, there's an expectation. I would have an expectation, as I think would you. Now, we have the creator of all the universe who loves us, who sent his son to die in our place. We, we do not deserve to go to heaven. Nobody deserves it. Nobody's earned it. And yet, because of God's love for you, he gave you a gift, his son Jesus Christ. And if we accept the gift of forgiveness and salvation, we get to go into eternity to be with him forever. It is quite the gift. It's not, in fact, it's, it's kind of more valuable Eternity is much more valuable than $25 million. There's a scripture I want to end with. How we thank God who gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have much, much, much to be thankful for. We, we have, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been forgiven of your sins. I mean, how much is that worth to you? You've been promised a future in eternity. You've been given purpose in this life. Your past is forgiven, your present is purposeful, and your future certain. It is like the trifecta of wonderfulness that God has provided for us through Jesus. Yes, how we thank God. Well, sure we thank God because of what Christ has done in our hearts, in our lives, and in our present, and in our past. And in our future, He's done all these things for us. So we, we ask God to plant the seed of thankfulness in our hearts. And then we begin to think thankfully. And then we begin to notice things for which we can be thankful. And we thank God immediately. And at least once a day and perhaps many times a day, we thank God that Jesus came and took our place so that we might have eternal life. Thanksgiving, I love this holiday. I mean, I love it. I love it. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people struggle during Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. They're lonely. Things aren't going well for them. They think, we watch movies and we think it's supposed to be all rainbows and unicorns and that everything's going to work out. And sometimes life doesn't work out. There is no miracle on 34th Street. Elf doesn't get, you know, the uh, sled working again. Not everything works out at Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, but we've seen the movies, and the movies say it's going to work out like that, and it doesn't always work out like that. It takes a lot of internal fortitude. It takes a lot of, of strength spiritually to go through tough times and to still be thankful. And those of us who are, are in a good place, we have an obligation to help people who are struggling in the holiday. So we, we look for those opportunities. You, you look, find somebody that needs a, a phone call or somebody that needs a place to go for Christmas to have lunch or a place, <laughs> somebody that needs a conversation. You look for those things and you ask God to provide you those opportunities and then you thank God for those things. Father, we thank you for your son. We're thankful that we have our time together today to 
to think about what you've done for us, what you're doing for us, and what you will do for us. And we pray that our time together today was a blessing, that we would walk out of here today and put into practice what we've heard, that we would begin to think thankfully, that, that we'll ask you to put deep in, inside of us, in our souls, the seed of thanksgiving. Help us to notice and see and respond to the things that you do for us and how you grow us. We pray it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.